and hello everyone. Uh, I am Robin Loon and uh, I am so pleased today to be chatting with a theatre studies graduate. Her name is Shirley, Ms. Shirley Wang. Hello, Shirley. Hello, Dr. Loon. Long time oh, it's see. so lovely to talk to you. It really is. It. So today I'm just going to be chatting with Shirley about her, her experiences uh, as a... Th- theatre studies major, how she came to the major, and um, what her thoughts are. I would ask her to reflect a little bit about the education she received and um, how she's going to use it. But in this section, we're just going to go way back. We're going to start from the beginning. So I'm going to ask Shirley, Shirley, what did you study before you came to NUS? Where, when, and why did you choose to study these subjects? I never knew this. So tell me. Uh, I studied at Hua Chong, your typical IP program, very academic, a lot more STEM focused. Wow. I was actually always in more like science focused programs. So I took like physics, math, chemistry, etc. But I did. So like I took STEM subjects all the way until JC, but I did make a switch. Um, in JC itself, in which for my contrasting subject that most people took economics in, uh-huh. I chose to take literature because I just wanted to like venture out a little bit, and I did really like drama and writing. But right. I, the funny thing is, I did do a bit of drama, especially like Chinese drama. Oh, right. Back in secondary school, I remember this. I remember you telling yeah, me. Yeah, but it was never in official capacity. Right. It was just like by extension of my friends, and then I was like, I'm kind of interested in these things, mm. so I thought. Anyway, it's just a consciousness subject. Mm. I didn't think that it would carry on to become anything more. Uh-huh. So it's like, I'm, I'm kind of bored by math, too much math. <laughs> so I was like, I'll take literature for consciousness. Uh, right. And I loved it a lot. Right. And I really loved my teachers right. as well. They were like, I felt like they were the most nurturing teachers I ex- ever experienced in my JC years. Mm. So that kind of encouraged me a lot. Mm. In fact, I scored the best for literature out of all my subjects. So I was like, maybe I should do something different for uni. Good. So I I want to riff off this. So um, there is a lot of focus, as you know, in Singapore, education on the STEMs. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that um, you were from the STEMs. It just surprises me a little bit that you switched to humanities. Mm. But uh, what was your experience with STEMs? Because I think it's a still, you know, it's still related to what you eventually majored in. Yeah. Yeah. So what was your experience with STEMs like, you know, all the way until Hua Chong or after? What was it like for you? Did you enjoy it? Was it something that, you know, I assume you did good enough. You did very well to get into <laughs> NUS. So what was it like for you? Um, to be fair, I did... L- I did really like studying STEM subjects, mm. um, especially physics, mm. because I felt I was like very application based. I think ever since young, I did like more like vocational style of right. learning. So for me, like physics was when you get like the science, you get the math, and you put it to application. Mm. And I did. I was a math Olympian when I was younger too. Wow! Like I, I did like this kind of numbers in science. Like even though I was encouraged to study, I also did like it. But I did struggle a lot with it. Mm. Coming to studying from secondary school and especially in JC, mm. I think because of the style that it was taught, mm. it was extremely. Th- 
theor- theoretical mm. and also I think it was also pressure wise mm. because uh, like why you say a lot of people focus a lot mm. on the STEM subjects and the way that it's taught it is very very intense like mm. it's always like a lot of practice yeah. um it's just like a very quantifiable subject. Mm. So, like you, you always like um you do this thing wrong, and then you like minus this one mark, two mm. marks. Mm. And I think that the whole exam method and whatnot, it mm. it, it wasn't aligned with my preference of learning style. Mm. So it was not that I hated STEM. I do still like STEM, uh, but I think comp especially in contrast with literature when mm. I was taking it and the professors that experienced, mm. um, it, it was just a totally different experience mm. for me. Yeah. I think that's actually quite interesting to hear you say that. Um, um, I'm sure you know that um, the College of Humanities and Sciences right now, when you enroll, uh, you are to do some of the core curriculum subjects. So we have these integrated science, mm. so they're called scientific inquiry, then the integrated humanities. So I've heard one of the students uh, said, and I don't want to stereotype, but I'm, I, I'm, it just got me to reflect that one of the students actually said to me, yeah, I took this integrated humanities module. It's terrible because there's not a right or wrong answer. Right? <laughs> I said, like anything, I mean, uh, quote unquote, anything also can. So, and this person didn't like it because he, I suppose, wanted the security of what you said. Like, yeah. if you do this wrong, you get one mark. If you do this right, you get this. Whereas, as you know, uh, in, in the humanities, it's really about arguing a case and, and putting forward a point of view. So I think you articulated it very nicely. And potential CHS students listening, you know, <laughs> I mean, Shirley's a very good example that she could do both STEMs and, and, and literature. And I think, what she has managed to articulate um, is that she doesn't hate stems, but it's just a different way of learning. And I think that's and that's it's a learning that she prefers, right? And I'm sure she does she 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 did very well in the two. It's just that the ex that I think you should not expect the same when you go to STEMs and go to humanities, mm. right? So I think a lot of CHS first-year students or doing they struggle with that because if they come from this particular background, they only know this kind of learning. And when they're exposed to, no, just tell me what your thoughts are. Then we turn around, so what should I say? You know, that, that kind of usual argument. So I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased to hear this from you because I think um, uh, you are one of, I think... Uh, the few students that I know that that really can bring a lot of what you've learned from the STEMs and the humanities into what you do. So I want you to just maybe step back right now and look at your journey, you know, all the way to JC2. What are your thoughts? Do, do you think that that was... Uh, do you think it, there was a pattern there that you, you kind of knew that uh, something happened in JC, I decided... Mm, I'm going to branch out, which was very brave, Shirley, actually, you know, because STEMS is a, I mean, again, I don't want to generalize, STEMS is fairly a sure thing, right, if yeah. you follow. But to go into literature at a level and to kick its ass and get the best results, you know, that was very brave of you. So I just want you to look back and say that was that decision, you know, how do you think that has really 
affected you, you know, and then having both a humanities and STEM subjects at the A-level and within that system. What are your thoughts about it now looking back? Mm. Personally, honestly, I feel like it should be more encouraged. Mm. I think to give a little bit of like landscape as well, mm. I took like a quite a peculiar combination, mm. like PCML. I think that's the acronym they gave it. Um, and literally, I was one of the only two students in my entire cohort. And wow. Hoshan has a huge ass cohort. It's like right. more than a thousand people. And only two. And only two people, like including me. Afterwards, there was another guy as well. So like, it was three. <laughs> I mean, addition of one, great. But um, it wasn't a lot. Um, so PCML, Physics, Chemistry, Math and Literature. Yes, you got it. Wow. Yeah. I think there were a few more, maybe like five or six, like BCML, like bio. Right. But if you see on hindsight, it's like like insignificant percentage yeah. of the entire cohort. Um, and for me, I feel like it was even more rewarding in a sense because mm. um, when I go to my literature class, it's like everyone's thinking literature, right? Mm. And it's a different... It's your typical, more of your typical humanities mm. crowd. And of course, I started off like almost at the bottom because mm. I have no idea how's the, in a sense, like marking scheme, like mm. what the teachers look out for, how I should be structuring my essays and mm. whatnot. Um, and the whole journey was so rewarding because I do take it in my part because I, I always try to make sure that I do well mm. in what I enjoy. Mm. Um and I was quite like I did I performed quite well <laughs> in mm. class. Mm. Um and you know like how back in JC, I mean everyone always looks for model answers and whatnot. Yeah, that's right. And it's like I get so happy when like my prof would actually use my essays like some of the points mm. and like use it as like part of like the whole list of well uh, done. examples mm. that you can write about and mm. all that. And uh, I think the whole journey of like starting from zero and then like getting there, mm. it was so encouraging, mm. especially during JC years mm. where you are like just bombarded with like so much stress from teachers, mm. parents, peers, mm. and all that, and all that to like always be practicing like different papers. Mm. And it's like a lot of stress going on in JC. Mm. I'm sure everyone knows that. Yeah. Um, whereas for my STEM, it was I was struggling and mm. whatnot. So having that literature like learning journey going well it mm. was very encouraging for mm. my JC years mm. and I don't think I performed to my best at A levels for my STEM subjects because I'm generally not the best at exams in mm. <laughs> that's just the that's the learning pattern I observe for mm. myself mm. I enjoy learning process very much mm. But I'm not so good when you like suddenly sit me down mm. and like do a paper. Yeah, so these timed assessments, not very good for you. Mm. Yeah, which was also good for, um, which is I think why I did well for literature too. Because mm. the learning journey was pretty much progressive throughout the mm. entire two years. Mm. It was like constantly refining on a few pieces mm. of things. Yeah. Mm. Great. So list, you, you heard it here first. You could, you, it can be done. Starting from zero, I think just enjoy the process, engage. Yeah. And I think what Shirley said is true. I mean, I, I speak from personal experience. Uh, um, when I started my journey with humanities, I had the best teachers. That made mm. me feel very secure, made me feel that 
uh, encouraged. And I think that's really important. And yeah, I mean, I want to come, I want to kind of leave that behind right now and come back to first year at NUS. Now, I always remember this because um, when I taught Shirley in TS1101, I was looking out for this student who I mistakenly thought there is an engineering student in TS1101. I said, engineering? Why would an engineering student come and do TS1101? And then, then I was looking out for this. Of course, the stereotype in me, I, were, I was looking for, out for a male student, you know. <laughs> all my gender biases were there. And then suddenly, somebody pointed out, that there she is, that's the engineering student. Then I said, she's an engineering student? She doesn't look like an engineering student. Again, all the biases, yeah. And then I found out that, well, technically, you were, your classes were in engineering, but you were not an engineering student. So your uh, choice of major was something that I've not heard before until I met you, which is innovation and design. Yeah. And then you decided to do a double major in innovation design and theatre studies. Mm. Has there ever been a second person? <laughs> I mean, like when you do the PCML... Right? In Hua Chong, there were three of you. Can I safely say a double major in innovation and design and theatre studies is just you? Anybody else? (laughs) No, no. I think the TS cohort's small enough. (laughs) I know. It's so... Tell me, what, why did you choose this, these two, two majors? And they seem to me so far apart. So walk, walk me through this. I've always wanted to ask you this. Tell me why you chose these two majors. <laughs> mm, uh, actually, for both majors, I didn't really come into NUS thinking I'll do either. Mm. <laughs> it was really also part of like the whole introduction module mm. journey and all that. Um, and then I kind of just decided that... Mm. I was racking my brain trying to find like what is the most... <sighs> In a way, like maybe practical mm. course that I should take because I mean, people come into fast and you know, you just make a choice. I was, I, I, def- I knew I couldn't do uh, econs, I couldn't mm. even do it back in JC already. Mm. <laughs> and then it's like Paul Science, I used to do months, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll do Paul Science. And I went for intro, and I was like, oh, wait, no way I can mm. do this for four years, mm. I'll be bored to hell. Mm. <laughs> so, and after TS was such a surprise, mm. um. I enjoyed the intro module so mm. much. Well, I actually did take the literature intro module as right. well. Because I thought maybe I'm interested in that since mm. I took that in JC. Mm. But I also felt like it was too textual, mm. everything. Like mm. the materials, all the things they were working with, the mm. way the class structure. So I also wanted something more dynamic. Mm. And then for innovation design program, like IDP, um, I also only knew about it after I entered NUS and it's very different from a typical engineering courses mm. because they are very, very project-based. Mm. There's nothing too theoretical at all. Mm. I think the most like practical thing that we learned was just like learning how to CAD, mm. like AutoCADing. Mm. And besides that, it is very project, product-driven. Mm. So it was also aligned with my interests because mm. I, I do like that. Um, I do like that nature of work, mm. but I'm also not your typical coder engineer. Mm. 
So, and very luckily, I think I was the pioneer batch mm. the year where they decided that they can actually offer IDP to students outside of engineering mm. as well. So it was technically open to everyone, mm. including like biz students, mm. life science. Mm. Uh, they, they were not discerning at all. Mm. But I think, um, <laughs> I, I don't know a lot of fast students who actually went to do it. I mm. think there were maybe like two. Mm or three um, definitely I was the only TS one. Oh, we are <laughs> you will have that honour and the first the very very first and I again I went I'm, I'm going back to what we talked about just now and and you were in TS 1101E and I had the pleasure of um, after I um, reconciled that the engineering student in my class is Shirley Wang so I just thought okay sh- um, let's see what she's got. And I always remember this. For TS1101E, um, all the students had to be broken up into groups and they were given uh, a few texts to select and then they will have to choose scenes and perform them. Right. So Shelley had a very, very interesting group of girls, right? And and they these female students, they decided to choose a play called Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, which, uh, if you read it, seems like an, a fairly straightforward, realist, you know, play. But uh, it's actually quite complex. And it was one of those, I have to confess, it was one of those um, trick plays that I put in there <laughs> because people will think, oh, this one, very easy, let's just do this. And then they realize actually it's not. Mm. So, and I remember Shirley's group, um, they were so committed. They kept rehearsing and they kept asking, Barcelona, can we ask you something? What is this and what is that? And that group was so spot on, they picked out all these questions and says, okay, the, how do we do the flashbacks? How do we talk about the time jumping and so on and so forth? And I, I really enjoyed talking to them because I think so much of TS1101E is about them exploring and then them making decisions. What I'm going to decide, we're going to play it this way. So Shirley uh, played a character that started off one gender and then ended in another gender. And it wasn't a linear thing, right? It was mm. to and fro. Yeah. So sometimes she came in as the female, sometimes she came in as the male. <laughs> And then the question they asked us was, said, should we do all the male scenes together or and then followed by the female scenes or should we jump? Mm. Then I said, well, you have to decide yourself. I, I can't tell you. What is your vision? And these brave girls decide. And Shirley had all these costume changes. Huh? <laughs> yeah. And then she had to figure out, okay, what is the fastest costume change? Because I remember so clearly the, they had a very simple set it was just a table mm. just one table because it was part of a diner right yeah. so they had one table and a couple of chairs and then they just changed the chairs it was a different time different space so these girls absolutely applied everything that was taught during the lectures mm. how you could shift the space but okay I, I, I've spoken too much I, I want Shirley to talk us through what she remembers about that experience and playing a character. And they only had 20 minutes, yeah? They, they were only given 20 minutes to show. And 
I was I will always remember that production. So Shirley, tell me what it was like doing that and and doing TS one one oh one E for you. Mm, I I think I came into TS one one oh one E without intending to take TS as a major. <laughs> so mm. I came with a very open mind. I just wanted to enjoy myself. Um and I thought I probably won't be able to indulge myself like this for the rest of uni. Mm. Um, and my group was really interesting and like what you said I guess we didn't realize it's a trick play so <laughs> we were a group of girls all girls so we were like hmm this play seems easy almost all the characters are female except for that one little change so it seems like it's the easiest to execute correct that's, that's the tricky that's the trick and then like what you said it was like when we started especially when we started deciding like which scenes to extract and then who to do what and then the rehearsing and then we realised that there's a lot of like psychological complexity Mm. to some of the characters Mm. like there's a lot of undercurrents in their relationships Mm. with one another Mm. and it was a surprise but I think definitely play that to be a pleasant surprise because everyone was thankfully very committed yes Um, everyone in the group were actually genuinely interested in theatre. Of yes. course, not a lot. I don't think most of them eventually took it up as a major. Mm. Maybe some as a minor. Yep. Or like film studies and things like that. Mm. But um, everyone was interested and I think that definitely played a huge part mm. that made us like genuinely inquisitive mm. and tried to explore and embody our characters mm. as we were. And... Uh, the character choice wasn't exactly planned as well. Mm. I think it was just like um, people started picking like which characters that they mm. resonated with more. They they felt they they could empathize mm. with, and then I was just like, I'm okay with anything. <laughs> and then I saw I know that character, <laughs> and it it was really really interesting for me and. Like what you said, like the scene changes were quite fast. Correct. So at first we were like, oh, how can we make sure that these changes are stark enough Correct. to make sure that the audience know that, okay, like I'm in a different time, Correct. I'm a different age, Correct. I'm a different gender. Correct. So at first we were thinking of using very aesthetic uh, methods to um, sim- symbolize the change. Mm. And then afterwards, I think you prompt us a lot further to explore the depth of the character itself. Mm. And then also, like, logistically, it was just so difficult mm. to facilitate the change, especially mm. because the change happened midway, and then I switched back to being a Correct. girl. Mm. And then it was, just, it was not practical for me to do, like, a super big change Correct. in my physical experience. Correct. I still ended up doing, I think it was, like, a jacket Correct. thing and yep. something like that. But it was more of just to tell you that there's a change, but yep. n- not enough to symbolize that I'm Correct. a guy now Correct. kind of situation. So... I think that pushed me to really try and connect with the character. Correct. Think what it means for the character. So in my head, honestly, like it, it was such a strong character for me mm. um, that I experienced. But the whole switch from female, male to female, I wasn't thinking so much so of the gender itself, mm. but more so of how the character was it was feeling throughout mm. these changes. Mm. And I think that was, on hindsight, 
sufficient enough mm. to that was the main message that yep. was meant to be conveyed correct. to the audience correct. and not so much to be fixated on the exact gender correct and and it's an interesting thing because I keep telling students when they do theatre you know don't try to just affect A-F-F-E-C-T just try to have the externalities you know so like if you want to play a male character you walk in a gate you know with your legs apart no these physical things don't I mean they will only take you that far so I I, I remember because um, um, I surely was really committed to this character and said how do I do this so I, I remember telling her that you know if you have this very strong psychological profile of the character then as you interact and you, as you play with the other characters and explore the relationships it will change your physicality and I remember that um, when uh, Shirley was playing the male character and and I don't know whether she just consciously but as an audience I saw it her voice went slightly lower and she spoke slower to differentiate so those are not immediately distinguishable gender traits. But like she said, she just had to uh, distinguish between a character at this time and space and a character in that time and space. So I, I, I think that group did a marvellous job because this was what we wanted to do in TS1101 is we'll give you the lectures because you need to be grounded in some of the, the principles. Mm. But that final presentation is where you put it all together and you demonstrate what you've learned. And I really enjoyed that. I think I remember clapping and I saying, oh my God, it was really fantastic. And and they had three weeks to put it together, three to four yeah, weeks. And they were rehearsing a lot. I remember they rehearsed a lot. And they were so independent, really. They just did their own thing. And when they needed help, they asked me for it. And and I think that's one of the wonderful things that I always see in theatre students. You know, just leave them alone, do their own thing. <laughs> They'll reach out to you if they need help. Yeah. Yeah. So that experience in TS1101E, did that, in the end, make you decide, okay, I'm going to do theatre studies as my major. And... What was it like for you at the time? I mean, did you did you just decide, yeah, I think this is quite good. I'll do this. Or did you what was it like making that decision? Because, you know, it you did literature in JC, you know, you did uh PCML, and then yeah. suddenly you're a theater studies major. was was that decision difficult or was it a something that you just thought, oh, let's just go for it? Because you've been so open, right? Mm. Poli-sci, literature. What was it like? Let's look back at that particular year where you decided, that's going to be my major. And I remember you telling me, yeah, I'm going to major this, Dr. Loon. I said, oh, okay. Yeah, I think it... The experience at the introductory module definitely left a very strong impression. Um, And to be honest, I feel like I was really fortunate that you were my prof. I think you... Even, like, looking back at all the modules I took, I think uh, I, I really enjoyed your classes one of the most. I think it was always, like, a good blend of, like, being very grounded in theory, but also very application-driven. Mm. Um, and I think that affected me a lot. But to be honest, I, I still wasn't 
bent on taking TS mm. after that semester because there are so many options mm. in FAS. Mm. So I was like, I'll just take other introductory modules mm. and explore a little bit more. Mm. And I think it was the second sem where I took the introductory module to pulse science and some other like general modules and like random like GS, GH modules. Mm. And then I didn't enjoy quite a lot of them. Mm. And that was where the contrast made me realize that I feel like it's going to be really painful for me to mm. study um, something that I don't enjoy for mm. four years. Because mm. I really didn't enjoy it in mm. JC, the, mm. the mood of studying. I don't think I want to do that again for mm. another four years. Mm. I think I'm really going to hate what I study and that's going to affect my grades. So... After after that semester, I was like, I was deliberating quite a bit, but then afterwards I decided that oh, it's uni, I might as well just really take something I enjoy. Indeed. And I remember my parents were a bit concerned because mm. I didn't intend on taking TS at mm. the start. So I think all the modules that I've taken so far, none of them can be credited to TS, mm. which... I mean, even though they say like the first year you don't even make a choice, a lot of people have a choice in their minds mm. and they'll start taking certain modules that can be credited Correct. so that they can, you mm. know, it wouldn't be too taxing. And then I also have like the second major going on there. Mm. I was like, oh, okay, I want to take this. And then like, I literally have like almost nothing to be credited to both of my majors. Mm. And my, I remember my parents were quite concerned, mm. um, but I kind of just made the decision on my own. Good for you. <laughs> Good like, for you. I'll take these two. Well, I have to say that one of the things I remember Shirley coming up to me to say that, okay, um, I'm going to have a lot of scheduling issues because I will be attached to a lot of projects for my other major. I might have to take internships that I have to be away, you know. And I just basically looked at her and says, well, we'll, we'll work something out. We'll work around it, you know. It, it doesn't have to be this or the, or, or the other. And if you're really interested. And I will tell you this, um, and Shirley's a bit of a legend. Um, she maxed out <laughs> so many modules in one semester. Oh, and I took, remember this, right, Shirley? I, I, I looked at her and said, why is Shirley taking five TS modules? Or, and then I realised that she was actually doing six <laughs> so that she could be free to do... I said, why are you doing this? Then she says, oh no, I, I can do this. I said, well, yes, you can. <laughs> but it's a lot. But she made it work. I have to say, kudos. I, do you remember that, right? I you remember, remember that, Oh that my God, crazy, it was such a faithful semester. That semester was crazy. I looked at her, I was genuinely concerned. And that, that's not the only module she's taking. She's taking other stuff, other modules for the IDP. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, are you sure? Are you? And she said, yeah, 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 I, I can cope. I mean, yeah, I'll do that. We'll come to that a bit later, but just wanted to just end this segment by telling um, students out there, whether you decide to do TS major, 
Shirley has said something very, very important. And I want you to remember this, that you really must choose a subject or a major that you enjoy because it's going to be with you for four years. Don't be miserable for four years. Absolutely. There will be a horror. Correct, right, Shirley? There will be a horrible way to... It will be such a waste of your university education, right? I mean, the next segment, we'll talk about that, that horrendous semester. That's, <laughs> but she made it through. She's talking to me right now. So, final note for this segment, really choose something you enjoy because that's really important. I always say this to my students. I think I said this to Shirley too. Three things you, you need to have to do well in almost anything and in university. I've seen that happen. First, you've got to have aptitude, right? And then you have to have a lot of effort. You have to put in the hard work. So I think it's aptitude and then you have, you're going to put in the hard work and then I think the last thing is that you just have to enjoy it really because then it will motivate you to do well, right? It will motivate you to do well. Two out of three, fine. You probably would have one out of three, very difficult. <laughs> None out of the three, please do not, you know? Yeah. So don't do subjects that parents say, oh, it's practical and that. So... Shirley did absolutely right. She said, I'm not going to take econs because I don't enjoy it. I'm not good at it, right? And even if I have the determination to do good, if I don't enjoy it, I am not good at it, why would I do that? So I think that that's one of the things that I do want whoever's listening, whether you're a student, whether you're just somebody listening to this podcast, you do, you will do well if you enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, Shirley? Yes. We are having our podcast interview with a theatre studies alumni. Her name is Shirley Shirley Wang. Uh, I'm Robin Loon, and uh, in the previous segment, we had a lovely chat on her journey to theatre studies and what it was like and her decision uh, majoring in theatre studies. And by the way, those of you who are just listening to the segment. Uh, Shirley's major was in Innovation and Design Program and Theatre Studies, which thus far, she's still the only one with this kind of a double major. So we're going to leave IDP for now and uh, we're going to talk about her journey as a TS major. So Shirley, uh, talk us through, you know, maybe talk us through two to three Theatre Studies module that were game changers that really impacted you, either positively or negatively, that have stayed with you, that you have found, you know, I'm still kind of learning from it, or it's it stayed with you. Two or three, go. I think for the first one that made a big impact for me was actually Theatre Lab, mm. uh, T-Lab. And I guess it was also fortunate in a way that I know most people, most mm. TS students would take it in their third year. Mm. But I took it in my second year. Correct. Um, so that's why, like, the impact of it also was like earlier for me. And I still remember I did take I crammed so many TS modules before mm. I took T Lab mm. since there was like a requirement and all mm. that. So 
I did have a lot of learnings, of course, from those modules as well, but it was a bit scattered here and there. Um, and then, like, T-Lab is... The expectation is for the student to be consolidating all these learning mm. and then put it to execution, mm. create their own play, work with people, mm. playwright, whatever, stage designers, everything mm. all at once. And I remember that I was actually so intimidated because everyone... In my group was like a batch above me, mm. and quite a few of them also, of course, have uh, previous experience as well. Mm. So I remember I was quite intimidated. Uh, thankfully, like I, I did know most of them in the capacity mm. of friends as well, so they were very very encouraging. And then it it was a module that really pushed me mm. in terms of exploring my own limits. Mm. Um, I was out of my comfort zone for a lot of things, because mm. I never really wanted to like explicitly say it mm. because everyone is trying to put their best foot forward mm. but I was so lost at the start mm. I mean I've done a bit of stage writing before but it was like this was like another level mm. um, and also there were some expectations from the profs as well like you know we're supposed to be writing like certain reflections um, mm. giving certain answers uh, looking at certain plays and all that so I think it was it was a module that made me grow really rapidly, mm. very intense. Mm. And I think after that whole module, I was I felt so much more empowered mm. to actually take um, other TS modules mm. after that. Mm. Also, just to let the listeners know, um, towards the end of this module there was this small thing called the pandemic. (laughs) So these poor students who originally were supposed to stage it on stage had two weeks to turn it into a digital theatre performance. And, you know, I'm I'm going to uh, put the link uh, in the descriptors for everybody who's accessing this to see. This group did such a good job that they conceptualized it. They, uh, they were a group of six students. They worked so well, and then they changed it. They had an original staging, yeah. and then halfway through, they thought, hmm, no, we're going to change it. And then again, they keep changing and changing and changing until such a point where uh, I think one of the students said, would it be okay if the audience member were on stage together mm-hmm. with the actors. Yeah. Because at the time, first we could um, perform to like X number, then yeah. next number, and then maybe to only 10, right? Because oh of the restrictions. Yes. And then this group was so innovative. So what since we are going to only have 10, why sit them on the other side of the stage? Mm. Immerse them... And then they choreographed, I didn't know where they found the time to, they choreographed this sequence of movements and they delivered texts from different sides of the stage. And I just wish audience members could have experienced that. But they were able to translate that different parts of the stage into the small little Zoom tiles, yeah. which was really amazing. I mean, maybe, maybe share with us how... How you guys cope with suddenly always changing? Every week you'll come in and, and I'm the bearer of bad news. I'll just say, I'm very sorry, guys. We can't. First, we're supposed to perform publicly. Now we're going to perform LT13. And every week, 
something will come and they these troopers just okay we'll cope okay we'll cope talk us through that 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 was really to me a demonstration of this group's resilience i think it was the 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 whole experience itself i think in the middle with like at the start of the pandemic everyone got really really tired out at mm. some point like both physically and like emotionally tired yeah. out but i think it's just it was like all the way like all these changes kept on coming mm. and then of course there were also struggles with the module itself mm. until i think it just reached this inflection point mm. in which we're we just embraced all of it. Mm. And because we have constantly been like trying to adapt to the changes, mm. at some point we were just like, okay, if this is the new change, then what are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? Mm. Um, and I think maybe it was also like the feedback and working together with mm. different people. Mm. Um, you know, we make changes here and there, little bits by little bits, and then mm. we realize, oh, actually it works out pretty well mm. too. And when we get that kind of feedback loop, it mm. encourages yeah. us, it pushes us to keep on. Mm. Oh, okay, then we can also mm. explore another dimension. Mm. We can try doing this as well. Mm. Um, I think at the very end, uh, from the initial tightness of mm. the constant changing and mm. also like repeatedly rehearsing the same thing, mm. it became, we kind of just assimilated yeah. into it. I always remember this scene, and I think it's being recorded. Um, there was a scene. So uh, there were six of them, and they were in three pairs of twos. Yeah. So Shirley's uh, paired with Rose, another of scenes, and they were exploring the friend's relationship, a codependent friend's relationship. And um, in the original scenario, uh, they communicated over the phone. Mm. Uh, that was their, their device, communicated over, over the phone. And there was this scene where um, Rose was the Rose's character was trying to communicate to Shirley that you know you should, you should not take me for granted and so on and so forth. And Shirley's character was a little bit careless and uh, while talk, while not really listening to Rose and ordering bubble tea, right? So I thought, okay, in the actual recording itself, there was actual bubble tea. I think you actually got. <laughs> The bubble tea cup. I think, was it, did you record that bubble tea? Because I think, and then you also managed to record the the sound of people oh, yeah. ordering bubble tea. So I thought, wow, they really embraced, they didn't try to change uh, or trying to force their the theatrical vision onto the screen, they literally reinvented it into these six blocks. And then the six blocks sometimes have different sizes, right? And then the different facing. And the amount of coordinating and engineering they needed to do to make sure that this one is facing this side, this tile is facing correctly visually. So I thought that was really amazing. And, and they had two weeks to put it together. So kudos to that particular group it was really amazing the other group also did fantastically everybody i would like to think and um please excuse me for my personal bias towards theater st students and theater people we just roll with the punches right we just 
We have to put this on. The cliche is the show must go on. We need to. We need to put something up and we'll do our best. And more often than not, these are the situations where the the ingenuity, the creativity and the imagination will come in. So TS3 and 3 very happy to have helmed that module and watched Shirley's group do that. What are the other TS modules that left an impact on you, Shirley? I think after... It was after the T-Lab semester. Mm. That was when I started needing to take the higher level modules, mm. like the 4Ks. Um, and then the first one I took was theatre and gender. <laughs> yes. Gen- I mean, we just all know it as the gender module. Yeah. And I, like the way I plan all my modules is that <laughs> I know that a lot of people usually would be like, asking seniors, like, which one are the tough ones? How should I, you know, like schedule the different modules? What should I take together? And why not to pace themselves out? But because I had all these other commitments going on I never ever did that and I only I I took modules that fit into my schedule <laughs> and then I, I don't know if you might know this but it apparently the gender module had a reputation of being one of the hardest 4K modules it is I'm afraid <laughs> it's my fault I devised it <laughs> and it was my first 4K module and I had like no idea I just came in um and very luckily, it was a small class. Yes. But I knew like two of the other girls. Yes. Because they were doing T lab with me. Correct. Um, and then yeah, so that module it really pushed me in terms of like I think academic boundaries. Mm. Cause when I was first, oh my god, I still remember this name Butler. Yes, I Judith was, Butler. Yeah, when I was, I, I've heard her name here and there. And like, I've seen a bit of excerpts from like other modules, but I was never, I never had to work with her text in such depth before. Mm. And I remember when I first had to deal with like all those different analysis, I was so lost. <laughs> I had nowhere, I had no idea where to start. I had no idea what to say about her texts. And then we were supposed to like respond to her texts mm. as well, and. Uh, I remember I was just like asking for help from like uh, Xi'an mm. and Rachel a lot of the times mm. and then just trying to read up, get to speed. It was, I think it was one of the more academically heavy modules mm. as well because we had to read a lot of text. Mm. And it actually gave me a bit of like throwback to back in my JC days mm. where I also had to work with a lot of um, text mm. as well. So I think that really pushed me in terms of academic rigor mm. and I think coming out of that module my analysis skills became mm. so much better mm. for TS mm. I felt that um, because I was trying so hard to figure out how to write what to write mm. um, I improved a lot in that area yeah. and I think I became a little bit more reconnected with like back in JC what I was enjoying mm. of literature mm. which was the writing part because for TS, I think at the start, I was trying really hard to prioritize my learning more on like how to be comfortable in terms of presentation, mm. analyzing drama itself, mm. because it's such a different medium. Mm. And I think that module kind of brought me back to where I started mm. and improving on my writing mm. and analysis of texts again, mm, yeah. which is good. So um, again, as part of... Uh, 
theatre and gender, they had a creative uh, present. Uh, they have a creative project, so they had to respond to uh, a text. And because of pandemic conditions, what usually happens is that they do a physical presentation. But because of pandemic uh, conditions, uh, we jig that, we rejig that, and um, they had to write monologues. And I was so blown away because not only did they have to write the monologues, they recorded it. Yeah. And they performed it like radio plays. And it was really so fabulous because, you know, it's so lemonade from lemons, right? So they, they, they didn't think that it was a, oh, we had to compromise, we could have done this live. No. All the students recorded their monologues and it was based on a response. And and listening to that, it was it's really, really again, that's one of the things and I and I hope Shirley will remember this fondly, that one of the ways that is unique to theatre studies is that we ask you to demonstrate your learning through a lot of the application and through the practice, right? Mm. So yes, we make you write essays and all, but if you remember the essay was like 30% of it, the final project was the big thing. And that is where everything comes together. And if we think back to T-Lab, I... I told them, this is the only eight MC modules that you will never have to write an essay. (laughs) But you have so much work to do with the reflections. And every week you've got to come back and tell me, you know, what are you thinking? What is your progress? And then in the end for um, Theatre Lab, I always ask the students as their final reflection to come up with their artist manifesto, right? Mm -hmm. So at this point... Even if you never become a theatre artist, or new, what is your manifesto? What what is your relationship with theatre? And um, I got some uh, written, and some that were recorded, and some that were videos, and and it was just a range of of responses that were very thoughtful. So again, coming back to theatre and gender, I just wanted to highlight that, and I don't know whether you remember recording. Mm. that monologue because it was very difficult it was the 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 it was i think april 2020 when everything was shut down right before circuit breaker we wanted to clear everything and under those conditions again like you know again praising my own theater society student which is a bit shame shameless but they just came through they just we just decided this is what we need to do yeah so those monologues what do you remember from writing those monologues and then recording them i remember there was an ongoing theme that strung all of our four monologues together i remember at the start we were still really hopeful that maybe we even though they're monologues Mm. even though i think there was safe distancing and all that we could potentially perform it correct in person just like maybe one after the other um and when it really came down to having to record it, I think it was still a pleasant experience because uh, I remember most of our monologues were quite sentimental. Yes. They were driven by like the whole concept of memories and yes. all that. So it did feel that it, it was quite appropriate to, to use the voice medium. Yes. Because there's also that... 
it evokes a certain sense of sentimentality Correct. when you kind of have that kind of like recording yes. as well. Yes. So I think we also kind of, we, we all felt that and then I think we just capitalized on like mm. that kind of concept. Mm. And I think eventually we, we were still really happy with yep. what we could produce. I, I, I was really impressed and, and, and I always, always remember that because subsequently the final presentations, because of the relaxing of the rules with safe distancing, it was done in person. But that, that really stayed with me. Any other TS module that had a great impact on you? Mm, there's another one which I remember quite a bit of also because of um, certain choices I made during the <laughs> module itself, which is, you, you might have to remember, remind me of the acronym MPP. Um, Media and Popular yeah. Performance. Yeah, that one. Which is another 4,000 <laughs> level. Honestly, the 4,000 modules were always so intense because there's so much content mm. in there like to explore, but they were the most rewarding as well. Mm. And... I always feel like they're the ones that are like the most surprises for me as well. Because mm. I never really, I mean, maybe I should do more due diligence, but I kind of just choose my modules as like descriptions and schedule-wise, as long as it fits, it's fine. Right. Um, so I don't always like look super into like exactly what's going to be mm. uh, used in each uh, module. And I remember like for that module, I made so much choices that I didn't exactly plan for. For example, at the start of the module, uh, I remember that I was one of the I was the first, first to, to do the presentation. To do the presentation and, and like I'm not even, I felt like I was not even like the most experienced. Uh but I was like I had to clear this presentation Correct, out of because my I have way. other things to do. I remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah, I was only gonna I get more busy. Scheduling it, showing that uh can I do the first one? You don't even... Yeah, yeah, I, I need to do this because I have other things to do. <laughs> so, it was so funny because Shelly had to just tick off the list. Oh, I, I, I need to yeah. prioritise because I, I, got, I got other projects coming up. Yeah. And then, and then, then she was like, um, what am I presenting on? <laughs> she said yes before she actually knew what she was presenting on. Yeah. Yeah, so it was boarding for Columbine, remember? It was boarding yes. for Columbine. And you did a very good presentation. You did the, a comparative one, I remember, yeah. with Elephant. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, also, because like, I was... I mean, at the point that I just had so many things to do, so I, I would just jog down each week what was, like, my deliverable. And we needed to make sure that I spaced it out. <laughs> so I was like, seems like this first thing makes the most sense. So I was just going to do it because I had no deliverables at the start. Correct. So I had, like, the capacity to be exploring two texts. Right. Yeah, and it was so different because even compared to the other content that we explored in the module subsequently, because it was like a documentary, yeah. which is also not what you would typically think about when you talk about theatre studies. studies. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think about, oh, you're going to work on a documentary. And it was like very, f like it was also working with a lot of news and factual details mm. about the documentary itself, mm. which was very fresh to me. Mm. And I think it was very challenging because it was like a different critical lenses that I was Correct. required to take. Yeah. And I still remember I was asking you, I was also asking my batchmates, like, how should I even be approaching this? Mm. 
because we have analyzed a lot of other texts. Mm. We have analyzed like plays, um, movies, films, but never analyzed documentary. Mm. So what sort of framework am I supposed to be applying? So I remember I was quite struck by that. But then it was also like, I think same concept that I always try to approach things. Like I watched the documentary, I really felt it. Mm. And I really started forming my own perception and opinions about the two pieces and there were certain things I really wanted I felt very strongly about and I really wanted to communicate mm. about how I analysed these mm. two pieces mm. I think that was eventually what drove my presentation mm. and then of course like during the feedback okay, I realised that there are certain better ways I could have structured mm. certain things I could have touched on more elaborated more on but I think Eventually, it still kind of worked out fine yes, it because is. of how I think it's like really approaching it and forming your own opinions. Correct. And when you have when you have such strong sentiments about something, mm. it will drive you to create something yeah. out of it. So, um, again, hands up! I teach media and popular performance, <laughs> so yeah. I am the chief torturer. Um, for that particular module, uh, we move into areas of performance studies mm-hmm. and we look at all these media texts as um, a series of performances, some very theatrical. So a lot of uh, crossing from theatre studies into a lot of the different kinds of texts and contexts that surround uh, the media. And these media texts, these old media texts, new media texts. So that was something also quite... Um, uh, I think we introduced it at 4,000 because it's quite complex. Yeah. And uh, it, we attract a lot of stu- different students. We had students from global studies coming in with, with no theatre background. Mm. And I think this coming batch, I have a biz student oh. who is a theatre minor and says, I really want to do this, but I don't have the prereq. Can mm. I do this? Then I said, well, then you have to do, you have to catch up, right? Because there's a lot of reading. And and then he says, yeah, I'm game. Then I said, you can always drop it if it's too much for you. Then he says, yeah, I know. So again, that um, it really is, you know, I think Shirley's brought up something um, uh, quite important. And that I think is also her philosophy and value, just put in the work, make sure you do the due diligence. Um, Her philosophy of scheduling is a little (laughs) bit (laughs) kamikaze. She's like, okay, never mind, just schedule, schedule, just put everything together. Always felt like she was on a conveyor belt in a factory. Okay, I need to clear this. Come on, move on, next one, next one, next one. Come on, move in, next in, next. But having said that, looking back right now, and, and hindsight is always a fabulous thing. So how how do you think being a theatre studies major, how, how has that affected you? How, I mean, having gone through, uh, having gone through the other end, quite successfully too, I might add, Shirley, how do you think that has changed you being a theatre studies major? It definitely affected my approach to a lot of things. Mm. I think that a lot of the... I was open to a lot of concepts in theatre itself, Mm. and especially um, 
the the theatre studies curriculum in NUS, I think it's the, there's a lot of different areas that we explore. Mm. And it's not just your... I think that a lot of people, when they think about theatre, it's like literally just on the stage mm. plays. Mm. But like the ex- examples that I brought up, we look at films, we look at documentaries, we look at plays, but across different cultures mm. and different times. Mm. And they are like drastically different. Mm. <clears throat> And that made me a lot, a lot more open-minded. Mm. And I think I became a lot stronger as like a concept, like a grasping concepts mm. in general. And I think this was annoying. Um, another annoying part of it was that I think it affected how, like a lot of these concepts translated to how I approach other things mm. at work and mm. even um, in my innovation design program. Mm. And... I really only realized the extent of it. I think when I was forced to think about it for, uh, I think you know about it, when I tried to apply for NOC program yes. and I had to do interviews. Yes. And then, of course, I'll get asked, like, why do you think that you're, <laughs> you're suitable for this program? Like, how do you think um, whatever you learn at TS, like, do you think it even applies? And then of, at the start, of course, it's like, oh, my God, how do I fit myself into this? But afterwards, it was like, upon reflection, it was like, actually... It pretty it sits pretty well. Mm. I mean, we always talk about you know crafting characters, thinking, uh, looking at narratives like dramaturgy and all mm. that. Like they are actually very applicable. Mm. In they are yes, they are theater concepts, but they are quite universal concepts. Mm. It is intuitive to humans. Yes, I feel, and <clears throat> it's like when I when I was like at the interviews, all that, like character building and all that you you're also made to analyze personas at work that's right you need to understand the kind of customers you're serving and relationships right yeah yeah so it's like i feel like a lot of these things like you realize they they actually come together Mm. and what you build what i built in Mm. ts was like this it was an approach it was a way of thinking Mm. that i think just fortified me in terms of like both confidence and mm. capability wise and I could eventually see myself applying these methodologies in other areas. Mm. And I'm having uh, a lovely podcast chat with Shirley Wang. Uh, one of the theatre studies majors and graduates. Now, in this particular segment, I want to bring... Oh, we've had such a lovely trip down memory lane, but now we're going to come and land into the present. And uh, just wanting to ask what Shirley is doing now, professionally, and uh, what are your thoughts about what you're doing right now? So tell us, Shirley, I, I, I think I know, but I want to be more clear so what are you doing professionally now um i'm working as a consultant in a tech um in a company uh so doing more of like the strategy management consulting yeah strategy strategy management consulting Mm. was this uh a job that you actively applied for or uh, was it something 
like, oh, it's there, let's just do it. <laughs> Did you approach your employment the way you approach approach your majors you know just gonna try and throw so how did this job opportunity come about for you um it's kind of a funny story too because i did not consider consulting Mm. all the way until like the last month or two of my last semester in Mm. nus as well Mm. so if you ask me like a few years ago if i was gonna be a consultant probably would have been a straight up no Mm. um and I I chose consulting also because I wanted... So prior to consulting, I have, in terms of like internships and vocational experiences-wise, it has always been in startups and technology. Mm. That is where I always paved my career towards. Mm. But then I did try doing like a startup in my last year mm. of university. Uh, but some things happened and I got a bit tired. So I ended up closing the company itself Mm. and then afterwards I thought that maybe I'll explore something a little bit different in corporate and Mm. upskill myself in that area first Mm. before I venture out uh, again Mm. Mm. so this was part of that strategy yeah okay so is this uh, the position this is the company profile the professional profile that you want to continue in Uh, uh, something that you either land into or something you're really going to pursue long term before making any changes is this where is this where you want to be right now I think for the next few years definitely mm. I think that <clears throat> consulting I guess has a certain reputation as well yes um it is known to be quite intensive in yes. terms of like work hours and all yeah. that um, so I, I do think it's really good grounds for learning mm. for the next few years. I can see myself mm. in this industry mm. just to learn. Mm. And also, um, I did still end up taking up a role that's quite relevant to my interest in technology still because I'm in like a subunit team mm. called business technology. Right. So I focus on projects that consulting projects that have to do with technology right. and it's just that instead of like a startup capacity it's like MNCs MCGs that kind of nature I see yeah. well you're no strangers you're no stranger to intense work schedules <laughs> so I guess you, your education at TS and IDP has more than prepared you for the life of a consultant so I'm just gonna kind of pivot into that right now so I want you to try to make sense of your education as a TS and Innovation Design Program major. So how do you think that is contributing to your work right now as a consultant in terms of relevance, in terms of, well, you know, yeah, you're not going to be staging plays. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) For sure. But again, you know, what, what are you... Make sen- try to make sense of that for me. Well, how, how do you think that has is has prepared you or helped you or is probably going to help you in this line of work? I think for me, when I look back in at university, my learning was in mainly two areas, mm. which is, of course what major, what courses you're taking in university, and then also the more vocational, which is the active learning, the internships that you're mm. taking on. So 
learning-wise, it was what you said. It was TS, it was IDP, and then for my internships, I was always, because I knew, mm. um, I was always in the technology space, mm. doing more of like product management mm. and project management. So when I really, when it really comes to my work and my current work, uh, it's more of like in three folds then, in which my past internships play in in terms of like um, subject matter mm. experience and mm. knowledge, and then my IDP comes in in terms of uh, the framework that I apply a lot of things, mm. uh, like design thinking, design thinking and then yeah. the product as well Mm. um, working around projects products and I think for TS it really comes in in my communication style and a lot of the softer aspects of work Mm. but it's actually really really important especially in consulting because there's just so much stakeholder management Mm, it comes in in Mm. terms of like communication styles how open you are in terms of communicating Mm. and also just understanding the big picture, yeah. especially when it comes to communicating about projects. Mm. Because, um, of course, there are a lot of tick boxes when it comes to projects. You know what the, um, like there's a contract, there's an SOW, scope yeah. of work, like what you're supposed to deliver. Mm. But fact is that in reality, yes, this project might be maybe branded as cloud transformation, mm. for example. But a lot of the times, people don't actually know what they want and mm. they don't know what it takes to get there as mm. well. It's like, there's a lot of uncertainty and mm. I think sometimes it is... I think that the soft skills that I've picked up in theatre, it really helps me empathise yeah, and also understand the mm. need to kind of paving that story and then also understanding the final product. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's adaptable and also making people involved and form that vision for themselves as well. Mm. I think you've put it very nicely. The the empathy, that connection with the client is really important. I mean, and then of course, uh, I think your words was uh, paving the narrative, right? So it's about building a story. So much of communication and so much of even, you know, user experience is about that narrative. Yeah. And absolutely. and we do a lot of that in theatre studies, I'm afraid mm. we do. And we and also the ability to break it down and and help audience see something that they may or may not know at the particular moment, give them different alternatives and strategies. So I'm glad it's all working out for you because you had a very intense force. I think the first couple of semesters in the NUS were okay, but the remaining yeah. four semesters and five semesters, my goodness, you packed it all in. You made that brave decision where you decided to take two majors that none of the modules you've taken <laughs> can be counted to, yeah. to the major requirements, and you had to pack it all in. So my final question for you, Michelle, I'm a bit sad that we're ending this chat now, but you know, I think we've had a really good chat about your journey. So you know, as somebody who um teaches theatre studies at NUS, I always get asked, really? First they will ask me, Oh, you can study theatre? Then they'll ask me, Oh, you can study theatre at NUS? And then the most popular question they ask me is, 
So what can a theatre studies major do? Become an actor? And um, I was, most, most of the time I smile, I say yes, yes. But I want to hear it from you because I think theatre studies has always suffered from a kind of public misconception that one, it has no practical and professional relevance unless you're going to practice theatre. And two, that it's very lightweight, right? It's our theatre, just a couple of people on stage playing dress up, you know, that kind of misconception, which I think in the previous segment you told me, you know, reading Judith Butler is not lightweight, no, right? No way, man. <laughs> no way. So we do put you through the paces, but from your perspective, right, so this these public misconceptions of it having no practical and professional relevance and it's always very fluffy, lightweight, it's not really a proper discipline, how has your own experience through it right now, how has that changed those, or through your own personal experience as a theatre studies major, what would you say to these misconceptions? Mm. I think that I I do see how like the stereotypes are formed mm. in a way. Um, a lot of people, especially when they're uncertain about things, it's always easier mm. to learn something that's directly, seemingly directly applicable and practical. Mm. But I think it is a huge misconception that just because you learn something mm. means that you would be able to subsequently apply it in real life and mm. be good at it. Mm. So, like, econs was, is like an ongoing subject that I've like, mentioned about a couple mm. of times. Not that I hate math, but I know that I have no interest in econ. Mm. That's right. And I can't do well for mm. it, and I don't want to do it. Mm. So... Those are, to me, very... Re those are the core reasons why you should not take something mm. when you feel these sentiments. Mm. And yes, maybe theatre studies, if we... Yeah, the content that I'm working with, I'm not expecting myself to be like writing fabulous plays, <laughs> screenplays, be a fantastic actor in the future and whatnot. But... I think especially if we're looking at uni education, mm. it is a lot about the rigor, mm. the critical thinking, mm. and also like what you said just now, an aptitude. Mm. I think it shows a lot about a person. Mm. And those are characteristics that carry over to every other thing that you do mm. in life, including at work in the future. Mm. And I think that what I've experienced in theater it was the being able to push myself in terms of like um, academically, mm. like the boundaries, being daring to mm. try on things, um, knowing <laughs> in a way, knowing how to schedule my own learning, mm. and taking a lot of initiative mm. because, um, yeah, I I am not expected to be like expected by employers to be applying theatre studies directly mm. in my work. So whatever I do, whatever learning that I want to do, it is purely by initiative. Mm. And I think that that is an aptitude that I picked up in these years of studying university because my through line across these three and a half years is that I'm 
in these courses, I'm in these modules because I want to and mm. I want to maximize my learning. Mm. And then, how am I going to apply these learnings to whatever I'm going to do mm. in the future? Mm. So I feel like it is. Um, it, it really taught me how to think for myself mm. and also um, being able to be determined and act upon what I mm. want to do. Excellent. So I just wanted to end by... Um, maybe asking you to give, you know, students out there. And I, I want to circle back to um, when we started in the first segment about you starting from STEMs and then mm. branching into literature and then coming to university, sampling, you know, all the intro modules and then deciding and making a very brave decision to literally start from scratch because none of the modules you've taken could be accredited. You know, I just want to just go back to those that, those decisions and and the and what you said really resonated with me just now about that independence. You know, I decide what I'm going to learn and how I'm going to use that learning. I decide and I choose uh, and I dictate what modules I'm going to take and when I take them and I've seen this in you Shirley that you're completely committed to it right yes they just happen to fit your schedule <laughs> but you know you don't take it begrudgingly once you're on board you're on board you take it you commit to it fully so to students out there coming to university right about you know what words of advice do you have for students coming into College of Humanities and Sciences, College of Design and Engineering, you know, coming into university, you know, from your own experience, what, what words of advice would you like to leave with these, the incoming batches of students to, to, to university? I think, <laughs> I think it's important to realise that your university is uh at least for the next few years, like going to be the last few years where you just can just don't think about work and just study. Mm -hmm. So you should always think about what you enjoy. Yeah. And make sure that you maximize the enjoyment in the yeah. learning. Because there are many more years upcoming where you can be practical and you're expected to be practical as well. True. So university isn't exactly the time for it. At least that's what I feel. Um, at work, it will be a totally different story. Right. So, I think that you should take the time and space for yourself, mm -hmm. um, and reflect upon like little journeys that you have in university. Make sure that you are making decisions that you know that would benefit your overall learning. Mm. Don't think too much about practicality. Mm. Learn to reflect upon your learning first. Mm. I think that is a very important process. And be daring enough. Yeah. I can't believe I'm saying this. Be daring enough to like do what you enjoy. Yeah. Because that would pay a lot more impact yeah. in the long term. Mm. So I, I, I hate to keep repeating myself and I, I think it's worth reiterating Three things, aptitude, interest, hard work. Yeah. You put it all together and just make your own decisions. I think I think you've demonstrated that, you know. You made your own decisions, persuaded your parents that this is the decision that you want to make. And you took charge of your your learning and, and that's 
you know, as, as a university educator, I think that's all I want my, my students to have, that, that independence, thinking for yourself, making decisions for yourself, making informed decisions. That's what the, the university is here to give you. You know, we don't want to, you to just be a work machine. Mm. We want you to be decision makers. We want you to be innovators. We want you to be, to be the person who stands up and say, wait, 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 wait. Maybe we can do it in a different way. Have we explored this? Have we explored it a different way? Rather than just following the manual, you know, in the kind of accepted way. Because then in that way, you won't get much innovation. So I'm just so pleased and proud of you, Shirley, for your journey. It's been, it's been a difficult journey. And I think you should be very proud of what you've achieved. And I think for the consultancy work that you're going to be doing... I know you're going to be so good at it because that's just you and you do a lot of prep work and, I, and I, you're so committed to your due diligence, you except maybe the university scheduling part, <laughs> but those are circumstances beyond your control. So those that you just have to schedule things in. But other than that, I've seen you in class, you do your readings, you come in, you know, you're prepared, you, you participate in discussion, uh, you have such good people skills with your 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 colleagues. I think those are the things that you know the university has also given you or given all students the opportunity, right? That the environment itself, right? Those conditions. So we're very proud to call you a theater studies alumni, and we hope you will stay in touch with us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Shelley. Thank you, Dr. Lee.